0: Hey everybody, hope things are well with you today. I've been uh, feeling a little under the weather the past couple of days, but it's bright and sunny here, and that makes such a difference, doesn't it? Let's pray together before we uh, jump into our reading for today. God, we're grateful for all the blessings of today and each day. Uh, We pray that you would help us to not overlook things um, like sunshine. Uh, We're grateful for the many ways you bless us, and we thank you now for this time, for this opportunity to get together and to be in your word. And we just ask that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see what it is that you have for us today. We pray that you would change us uh, to be more like your son, Jesus, um, regardless of where we are in our faith journey. Uh, We pray it in faith. We believe it will happen. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we've spent several days digging into the story of Moses and the events that took him from his birth in Egypt to adulthood in the wilderness of Midian. Moses's encounter with God in the burning bush, uh, the burning bush that was not consumed, came with a call to return to Egypt to lead God's people from oppression to restoration, from, from their position of slavery to a position of salvation. It was a great call, and as such, it, it took Moses far beyond his comfort and capacity. He he was so overwhelmed uh, that he re- resisted God to the point of asking God to go with somebody else. Um, but fortunately, or maybe it felt like unfortunately for Moses in the moment, God did not. Because the purpose of these devotionals is to engage with uh, some of the major themes of Scripture and to see their resolution in Jesus, we... We just can't take the time to read the entirety of Moses' story straight through. So today we're going to jump ahead um, a bit into Exodus chapter 5, beginning in verse 22. But first, let me just briefly summarize the second half of chapter 4 and the majority of chapter 5. In chapter 4, Moses meets with his brother Aaron and explains what God has asked of him. If you'll remember, Moses couldn't speak well and You know, we don't know exactly what that is. Maybe it was a stutter or a lisp, or maybe he just clammed up when he got nervous. Um, But we see the mercy of God in involving Aaron, who apparently could speak well and, and who agrees to partner with Moses. Together, they travel to Egypt and they meet with the elders of the Hebrew people who rejoice when they hear that God is not only concerned for them, but is going to fight for them. We find in chapter 5 that the excitement is somewhat short-lived. After Moses and Aaron approach the king of Egypt and ask him to let the Hebrews leave town for a bit and hold a corporate worship event for God, he gets pretty mad. And he takes out his anger on the Hebrew people. Under forced labor, Pharaoh had tasked the Hebrews with producing bricks, and he drastically increased the demand on them for doing so because he no longer supplied straw, which was one of the key elements for the structural integrity of the bricks. So now the Hebrews had to gather straw on their own while still meeting Pharaoh's daily production quotas. Of course, they're not able to do it. And the result is that the Egyptians beat the Hebrew crew leaders Uh, When these leaders go to Pharaoh and appeal to him about the ridiculousness of his demands, he shows them no mercy. And and instead he calls them lazy and insists that they just need to work harder to keep pace. After the Hebrew elders leave the palace, they meet with Moses and Aaron and and they're furious with them. What have you done? They ask. You got us excited that God was going to fight for us and make things better. We we trusted you. And and now our situation is far worse than when you first came to us. This is the moment where we pick up reading today. Again, as we begin in chapter 5, verse 22. Moses returned to the Lord and said, Why, Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on his people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my people, and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and harsh labor. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of the country. But Moses said to the Lord, if the Israelites will not listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me, since I speak with faltering lips? And now I'm jumping down to the beginning of Exodus chapter 7. Then the Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you like God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron will be your prophet. You are to say everything I command you, and your brother Aaron is to tell Pharaoh to let the Israelites go out of his country. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and though I multiply my signs and wonders in Egypt, he will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt, and with mighty acts of judgment, I will bring out my divisions, my people, the Israelites, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring the Israelites out of it. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years when they spoke to Pharaoh. Why, Lord, have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? You have not rescued your people at all. That was Moses's prayer of lament after he was obedient to God and things appeared to get worse. In other words, I think Moses was wondering, where are you, God? One of the things that always strikes me about the scriptures is how real and relevant they are. Uh, People who tend to consider themselves modern and progressive may write off the Bible as being old-fashioned and irrelevant, as if societies today have advanced beyond the simple and old-fashioned ways of ancient people. It's amazing, though, how many people I know who have expressed the same sentiment as Moses did here i know i've expressed it many times in my own life i mean honestly who of us hasn't felt so defeated and discouraged that we've questioned god or if you're a person who isn't yet sure about god haven't you at least questioned whether or not your good work was making any progress have you ever felt as if you were out of hope it's interesting to me that as we read the beginning of chapter 6 God really doesn't flinch. He doesn't indicate to Moses that he did anything wrong. He doesn't scold or correct Moses. uh, Nor did he hesitate as if things weren't going just how he expected them to. He simply told Moses what was going to happen next. Throughout the rest of today's passages, we, we saw God declare his faithfulness to his promises to his people and begin to reveal himself and what he was capable of through the words and actions of Moses and Aaron. Yet incredibly, Pharaoh's heart hardened in the presence of God. Uh, Let's think for just a moment about this idea of hardening. First, God said that he would harden Pharaoh's heart in Exodus uh, 7, verse 3. But then it appears in the text that his heart became hard due to his circumstances, verses 13 and 22. So which was it? What was going on with Pharaoh? Let's think about the sun for a moment. It's this fiery ball of gas in the middle of our solar system, and it doesn't change. Day after day and night after night, it just holds its position and constantly shines and emits heat. Yet the response to its light and warmth varies. It dries out the ground in some parts of the world and produces abundant crops in others. So it is with God. He is the light that shines across the world for every person to see. In fact, he's the light from heaven that revealed himself in the man, Jesus Christ. Yet both history and the morning news make it clear that people respond very differently to who he is. Let's think about this together. What does it mean for a person's heart to be hardened toward God? Be as specific as you can in your own mind as you consider that question. And what might cause someone to have a hard heart? When I think of a hardened heart, I think of dry ground. We have really bad soil around portions of our house. It's rocky and clayey, and there are big trees that suck up a ton of water, which means that the soil dries up super fast when we go through hot stretches in the summer. There's a a thin layer across the top, but then it's just flat-out hard and horrible for planting below that. As I reflect on this picture, I'm reminded of a story that Jesus told to a big crowd who was following him. You can read it for yourself later in Matthew chapter 13. He spoke of a farmer who planted seed by hand. and He cast the seed in every direction without discrimination. So the seed landed on different types of soil. One of those types was hardened soil that had become packed down by constant traffic from people and livestock. Jesus explained that the seed didn't even penetrate the surface of the soil, but laid on top and and never had a chance to grow. Another type of soil Jesus described was good soil. It was fertile and allowed the seed to produce a great crop. I've come to believe that God's Word comes to every one of us, just like the seed in Jesus' parable. To each of us, his good news of grace and life is cast. To some of us, it comes in the written word of the scriptures. To some of us, it comes in a dream or a vision. Some of us are presented with God's Word through our circumstances or our relationships or when we pray. But no matter the method or the medium, his word has come i wonder how have you received his word to you are are you soft and workable like moses he he wasn't a perfect example of course he had his doubts and his resistance but we know that he ultimately accepted god's word because he acted on the in obedience we can try, we can contrast this with pharaoh who was closed off to God's word, who who wouldn't believe and couldn't accept that there was a God who could be against his plans. I think it's worth us considering this issue of our hearts, whether they're soft or hard toward what God is communicating to us. Let's all dedicate some time today to consider a few questions that will help us evaluate our hearts and where God may be inviting us to change. How sympathetic are you to the needs of the people in your life uh, who are discouraged, broken, lost, afraid? How would it look for you to have a soft heart towards God, to be receptive to his word and, and to be open to his ways in your life? Let's take some time to pray about that now, and I encourage you to pray about that. The rest of today, ask God to lead you to a soft heart. And as you do, what do you sense him? How do you sense him responding? How do you sense him prompting you? What ways might he need to change you? And will you let him do it? Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for the examples that you give us in scripture. And God, each one of us wants soft hearts. Uh, We want soft hearts towards you. We want to know you. Uh, We want to receive your love and live in your grace and get caught up in the great story that you're telling throughout human history. And so we pray, God, that you would meet us in our prayers today, that you would answer us and guide us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.